Hello, I'm Lisa Leong, and there's nothing I love better than curling up with a non-fiction book at bedtime. And so for this episode of The Bonus, with me is one of my non-fiction book soulmates, entrepreneur and non-executive director, Catherine Robson. Hello, Catherine. Hello, Lisa. Well, you know, when we got in touch with you about reading at the moment, um, you gave us not just one but five books, Catherine. Well, I'm loving this extra time that we have and I've been doing lots of reading. So, so excited to have the opportunity to find someone else who likes nerdy topics like me. And you've chosen Give and Take, uh, a a revolutionary approach to success by Adam Grant. And I actually read this book three years ago, but why did you come to read this book? Well, I was listening to a podcast with an entrepreneur called Kat Cole, a woman who'd started life as a waitress in Hooters in America and then had worked her way up all the way to the top of the ownership company that sits above that Focus Foods, which is worth, you know, billions of dollars. Um, And she said this book was life-changing for her, so felt like it was something I needed to read. Wow, that's a big call. Well, especially because, you know, she's an amazing person who had not done an undergraduate degree but got direct entry into um, an MBA program. So she's had access to lots of things. So for this to be life-changing felt like a good advertisement. And for people who don't know, who is Adam Grant? So he's a professor at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, he's very well known. He's very well connected. Yeah, he was the youngest professor to secure tenure at Wharton. And I think he's been voted the most popular professor for the last seven years. And interestingly, like he's an organisational psychologist as well, isn't he? Yeah, so that's part of the reason I liked this book. There's lots of interesting anecdotes about people who are successful because of their giving style, but it's backed up with lots of research. So it it felt like it was worth my time to read it. And I went back and I refreshed myself about the book because I could barely remember it. And it was really profound how relevant I think this book is for us at the moment. And the reason why I say that is because the central premise about givers versus takers. So givers being people who contribute without expectation. Takers are, the world is competitive in dog eat dog, is that I feel like in this situation of chaos that that dog eat dog competitiveness just isn't working. And so what is the other way? So the fact that this book drills down into the fact that giving being a giver, someone who contributes without expectation can actually get you ahead. I found that really intriguing to to sort of think about that again. Yeah. And I think I've always associated being a giver as someone who's a doormash that that opens themselves up for being taken advantage of, especially in a business context. And I think that sort of concept of, oh, it's okay to be kind and compassionate in your personal life, but bring your game face to work. And this book really, I liked how it gave many examples of people who A, have been able to integrate the way they are at home with the way they are at work, which I think is really relevant at the moment, but also that actually it makes you personally more successful if you have this approach to life, which is if you can want others to succeed and to give without the expectation of return, you're ultimately more successful than wanting everything to to match, to be reciprocal. So he talks about matches, people who are happy to give only if they expect something in return. Or as you say, you know, takers, people who just want everything for themselves and, and it's never enough. So yeah, I, I think it's so relevant for today. 
Can you give us an example of a successful giver? Well, there's so many in the book. The ones I particularly liked were the stories where there's a a, a sort of twist to it. So one of the writers of The Simpsons, the, you know, most successful show ever on TV, um, George <laughs> Meyer, you know, he, he doesn't seem like a soft person. You know, he's, he's not all gooey and he's very irreverent and, you know, can be really rude. And Adam Grant talks about, you know, the difference between, you know, people who want to be likeable, you know, talks about just the fact that someone's happy and friendly doesn't necessarily mean they're a giver. But, George Meyer was one of the reasons why The Simpsons was so outstandingly successful because he was personally very creative, but he was always keen to share credit. So many of his colleagues credit him with coming up with, you know, some of those iconic new words that entered the lexicon from The Simpsons like neh and uh, duh. And George would never claim credit for that for himself, that he saw all of that as a collective enterprise. And so I really liked that in terms of you don't have to be sunny and happy all the time to actually create enormous benefit for yourself and others. There's a really interesting nuance about the giver not being a doormat, because I think often we think of people who selflessly give that they'll be taken advantage of, particularly in the business world. Um, how did you react to that? I mean, I liked it because I think it gave me confidence to reassess you know, how I um, approach things in terms of that feeling of having to put your game face on. But I also liked that you know, he talked about the fact that being a giver doesn't come without boundaries and actually making hard decisions sometimes is a characteristic of a giver. So, you know, one of the stories he talks about is a basketball recruiting manager, Stu Inman. And actually, you know, he was an enormously generous giving person, but he was really good when he saw that there was a player that wasn't contributing to the team or didn't fit into the team and being able to make a hard decision to cut that player and do something that was for the benefit of the team, but also probably in the long-term benefit of the player. And he contrasts that with Michael Jordan, who, you know, is such an individualistic person that in his post-playing life, Jordan's often found it hard to let go of players he's recruited because he wants his personal decision to be something that people view positively. So I, I think that sort of being a giver doesn't necessarily mean that you're afraid to make hard decisions. Yeah. And then this idea of, you know, selfless giving is uh, problematic when it's like a pathological altruism. So it's not like you just give, 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 because then, as you said, you'll get burnt out and then you'll become a doormat. It's this idea of giving, but also having a nice sense of self-worth <laughs> as well. Well, and, yeah, and I think it, it's sort of, for me, it was about what's the motivation of the giving? Because I think sometimes if the giving is all about, I want people to like me, you can never fill that hole with your giving. Whereas if the, if the giving genuinely is about, I want others to do well, I get pleasure from others doing well, I think you're more likely to find a sort of a healthy medium. And uh, this is the twist in the tale for me is that when Adam Grant studied this, he did find that givers were at the top of the success ladder, 
but he also found that givers can be at, right at the bottom as well. So it's kind of like, what type of giver are you? Be very careful. Yeah, and I think it's that sort of fit your own oxygen mask first concept. So, you know, if you really are a person who's got a giving mindset, if you recognise that you've got to protect your own capability to keep giving, then you're less likely to put yourself in a position where you are treated like a doormat. So, you know, I think that's the difference between those who are givers who are at the top of the productivity ladder and those who are at the bottom. And for people who are thinking, oh, why would I give when, you know, people are just going to take advantage of me? The one thing that they said about this success is it's like a network effect. So when people are givers, when they become successful, um, there's a ripple effect because people are willing them to succeed. Whereas with takers, people who go win-lose, then, you know, they may win in the short term, but then there's a lot of people who want to take them down in the future. Yeah, it's like cosmic karma and that, that you actually, as givers, you know, put sort of credits in that cosmic bank um, and people are rooting for you and wanting to help you. Whereas, you know, Adam Grant talks about, you know, this middle group, the matches, and they're very focused on reciprocity and fairness and evenness. And as you say, they're always looking to even the score with takers. And so I think, you know, there's this sort of cosmic sort of adjustment that happens where ultimately, you know, people who are just interested in themselves and are takers don't end up where they ultimately want to be in the long term. So, Catherine, have you applied it in your work? Um, I have. So, one of the concepts that I quite liked was this idea of powerless communication. So, um, Oh, I missed that. <laughs> what was that? What's that one? Yeah. So, that's about rather than trying to credentialise yourself, you know, I'm you're successful and I've got academic qualifications and and trying to pump yourself up to try and engage with people in a way that makes them feel a bit less threatened, particularly, you know, if you're an expert or wanting to position yourself as an expert. And I suppose I have often found when I'm, you know, the the least experienced person in the room, you you wrestle with that sort of self-doubt. And what I really liked about what Adam Grant had to say about this, you know, powerless communication style was that actually sometimes that can help you be successful. And and in, you know, my role as a board member, often I'm, you know, the, the newest director. And actually that can be a position that has its own power, that you can ask questions that maybe longer serving or more entrenched members of a group are afraid to ask or feel like they should already know. So, yeah, I certainly have been embracing that in the work that I've been doing since I read the book. So, Catherine, who would you recommend this book to? I would recommend this to people both at the early stage of their professional career. I I remember, you know, sort of growing up feeling like what persona should I have at work? And, you know, when I was growing up, you saw Wall Street and other (laughs) working girl and, you know, these sort of movies that depicted it as a dog-eat-dog world. And I think as you're entering the workforce and progressing through your career, I think this is a really, really helpful message. I think also it's for people at the very top of organisations. And so we talk so much about, you know, culture. Well, this I think is a really easy tool to set free in your organisation and create structures that help facilitate this sort of giving mindset. Thanks, Catherine. Awesome. Thanks. 
Uh, so that book, if you want to give it a read, is Give and Take, A Revolutionary Approach to Success by Adam Grant. If you enjoyed the bonus today, do us a favour, send it to a friend. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please tell us what you think of our show. We read all of the feedback. I'm Lisa Leong, and until next time, keep working. Keep working.